Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Hawaii has one of the highest rates of liver cancer in the United States, but why? One reason might be coming from our food. And today we are going to hear a personal story from one of my guests, Lucian Wong. And we're also going to hear from Dr. Wei Jia, who happens to be working at the UH Cancer Center in the biology department. And we're going to be talking a little bit about something that people may not know much about, liver flukes and aflatoxins. And what does this have to do with eating watercress? So we're going to jump right into this because there is a story here that definitely is going to change maybe some of the ways that you eat your vegetables at home or store your rice or other foods. So thank you for joining me today on The Body Show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Now, Lucian, this story has, and it's one of those interesting things, too many coincidences to just be coincidental. There's there's a story that inspired your desire to really help bring research dollars to this particular situation of bile duct cancer. And all of these little things happened. And I sort of think that it means that it's fate, it's destiny. You're meant to take this on as a mission. Tell me your story. It is an interesting story. And it started with my wife being diagnosed with bile duct cancer about three years ago. Uh, she, we went down to MD Anderson. We were at uh, Straub and then decided to go to MD Anderson. <clears throat> and uh, there they told us when they made the diagnosis and confirmed it was bile duct cancer, uh, that there was very little that they could do. Uh, they could, uh, surgery was out of the question and uh, radiation was out of the question. But they, would, they said chemotherapy could extend but could not cure. Anyway, she eventually passed away in uh, 2015. And uh, I began to wonder, because they also said at MD Anderson it's a very rare form of cancer. And I, I, I was trying to answer the question, how did she get it? I was initially told that it could be genetic. Uh, but the truth is there was no, at least we couldn't find it, any evidence of um, the bile duct cancer in her family. My family, especially my oldest daughter, started looking into it too. And she found a study on the Internet by the Korean in the Korean Journal of Radiology. And what they were looking into was why there was a very high incidence of bile duct cancer in certain parts of Southeast Asia, especially on rivers, along rivers. And it turned out in their research they found that there's people that lived along these rivers that had this high incidence of uh, bile duct cancer were eating a raw fish mixing it with spices and eating that. And in that fish, they found there was a thing called the liver fluke, which is a parasite. And they said quite clearly in the study that the liver flukes were the result of the high incidence of liver fluke cancer. However, the infection of liver fluke, of a liver fluke would take many, many years, 15, 20, perhaps even more uh, years before it developed into bile duct cancer, which which meant that it was hard to make the connection between the fish and, what ha- and the, uh, the, the cancer itself. In a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine who grew up in Hawaii, a local boy, I told him about the liver flukes, and he looked at me rather strangely and said, liver flukes? And I said, yes. I said, well, why, why do you say that? And he was saying that when he grew up here, he had a friend whose father was a parasitologist at the University of Hawaii. 
And his father, the father said to him one day, don't eat watercress, just like that. And I was curious. I said, why did he say that? And he said, because of liver flukes. And I said, you're kidding. There are liver flukes here in Hawaii? I did not know that up, and, up until that point. He said, that's what he told me. And he was a parasitologist at the University of Hawaii. Anyway, I asked him for the name of the uh, parasitologist. And he gave me his name, and I, he, he laughed at me and said, but that was back in the 60s. It's very unlikely that you'll find anything. Anyway, I did. I went on to the Internet, and it shows the power of the Internet for doing research. But I did come across the study. And sure enough, in the study, it indicated there are liver flukes. They're quite common here in Hawaii. And interestingly enough, about that time, I saw an article in the paper by Dr. Jia saying that there were very high incidence of uh, liver and bile duct cancer. In fact, Hawaii's uh, incidence of, uh, of that cancer is 33% higher than the um, national norm. There's also, he said in the article, there were 184 cases every year of uh, diagnosed with this liver bile duct cancer. And at the moment, there are about 1,000 people that have been diagnosed with cancer, which is almost, by the way, uh, uh, terminal. The, in- the interesting thing, too, in the article was that the incidence of bile duct and liver cancer was increasing in Hawaii, but other cancers were decreasing, which was another fact that was very interesting. Anyway, I sent out a lot of information to as many people as I could saying we should look into this. And uh, what happened was in a meeting that I had with Senator Carl Rhodes uh, two years ago when I talked to him about it, but in another meeting recently, about maybe five or six months ago, I told him it was sad that we weren't looking at it, especially that because we had a cancer center here that could dig into why it was that we don't know the high incidence of liver and bile duct cancer in Hawaii. He said to me, if you can get a proposal from the cancer center, I would introduce a bill to fund the research work. With that, I called Dr. Cha and asked him if he could put together a proposal. First, he remembered me because I was sending information everywhere that I could think of. (laughs) And he said, said, yes, he could put together a proposal. Uh, Give me a week. And uh, exactly to the week, he came up with his proposal. And we met with uh, Senator Carl Rhodes, and uh, a bill was drafted. He sent it to both of us, and we reviewed it, sent it back, and it was introduced. And that's how this process really started. All of this from the personal loss, which I'm sorry to hear of your wife, and then also you find that not only is this, curiously enough, this rare sort of situation with liver flukes, but then you find that there's this higher incidence here in the islands, and it's not just certain foods like watercress, but whose friend has, you know, a dad who's a parasitologist? I, I, I guess that parasitologist's son has some friends, but I'm not one of them. So it just seems like all of these serendipitous things happened mm. that led to the, the initiation of creating this bill, which is mainly to find funding to do more research. You know, we've talked before on the show about Hawaii being a very unique place to do research because of ethnic variations and the fact that we get a really good mix of the population whenever we do research studies. And yet now we're looking at something where we have a condition that we have more of here in the islands. And we've got to figure out why that is. Because if we can identify why, the whole goal is that we can provide some sort of way to prevent it, if we could do something 
with the watercress or with the other potential foods that could be associated with this, we could actually save lives. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. So, uh, Dr. Jha, you so you hear from Lucian Wong. You've heard from him before. He's sending out messages. You have this article in the paper. He contacts you again. What's your first thought when you think about somebody resurging some of this question about liver flukes and I mean, this was an association that I'm certain that you knew about because you are working at the, you know, UH Cancer Biology Program. What was your first thought when you hear about this potential connection? Well, first of all, I uh, want to say that uh, that story that Lucian just told us was very impressive, and I really appreciate his passion of the idea of trying to study what the cause is. Um, and that really uh, uh, encouraged me to, uh, you know, really think and put together a proposal. Um, so the first impression was really uh, a strange, uh, you know, th- this must must be a strange thing. Let me let me look into this. And as I uh, dig uh, into the all the uh, literature, and I found this is the case, and uh, liver flukes are the parasites uh, that are found uh, widely uh, distributed in in a number of countries in uh, Southeast uh, Asian countries, including China, uh, Vietnam, uh, Laos, Philippines. And uh, basically the uh, eggs of these uh, liver flukes can attach to the surface of uh, vegetables that grow in water, uh, such as watercress, water chestnuts, and also uh, the uh, flesh of the freshwater uh, 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 fish and shrimp. So after we, uh, you know, uh, ingest these uh, food, undercooked food or uncooked food, the eggs can actually uh, 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 survive in our body, and and the, the adult uh, liver flukes can live in our bile ducts for twenty to thirty years. Okay. Well, that's the reason why. I don't want to eat vegetables unless I <laughs> cook them a whole lot. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about what other types of foods could potentially put us at risk for ingesting these parasitic eggs and then potentially increasing our risk for bile duct cancer. A definite don't want to have that and unfortunately is usually diagnosed as a terminal stage. When we come right back, we're going to talk some more about what other foods. We're talking with Dr. Wei Jia from the University of Hawaii Cancer Center, and we're also talking with Lucian Wang. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, scaring myself with the thoughts of water-growing vegetables, but for a good reason. I'm here with Lucian Wong, who has just shared the story of his wife, unfortunately passing away a couple of years ago, from a rare form of cancer called bile duct cancer. And it's more common in Hawaii than it happens to be anywhere else in the country. question that comes up is, why is that? And I'm also joined by Dr. Wei Jia from the UH Biology Program of the Cancer Center, and he's got potentially an answer. So right before the break, you said these little 
parasitic eggs attached to vegetables and attached to right. to different sorts of things like fish. And if you eat those raw, then you could potentially get these eggs in your body. If that's the case, I guess if you cook it, you could kill it. Correct. Is there a reason why we don't see more? I mean, I imagine there's a lot of people who eat watercress and there's a lot of people who are exposed to these potential food sources. Wouldn't we see more of this or is the number of cases we're seeing so disproportionate that it kind of makes sense with our population and our dietary habits? Well, first of all, let me let me cl- clarify a little bit here. Uh, liver cancer is is basically a, a broad term uh, that uh, consists of two major cancer types. One is uh, what we call primary liver cancer, hepatocellular carcinoma. Uh, the other type is uh, 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 hepatoclangiocarcinoma. Hepato, uh, uh, we also call it uh, bile duct cancer. So they account for about 80 and 20% respectively. So bile duct cancer consists It's still of, rare. Still rare. Okay. About 20% of, of the entire liver cancer uh, prevalence. Here in the islands? Uh, everywhere. Uh, everywhere, that's what we see. Okay. Right. Uh, one of the reasons that, uh, that this uh, risk factor uh, is not uh, uh, kind of a, uh, uh, is not, uh, or, or we say detectable, or is not really uh, uh, bringing our attention to is that it is uh, uh, asymptomatic. Uh, once the, these uh, eggs or these uh, liver flukes are in our body, they don't cause any problem. Are they, they just, moving around? Are they they, they don't. They, they settle in our uh, liver bile duct, the, the, uh, in, within the bile ducts, and they just live there. What do they do? For, for decades. Just they, like they, just, they, they grow and, and, right, and they, they cause chronic inflammation. Okay, and this these, is why I'm not a dermatologist. I'm like starting to itch where uh, my liver uh, and is, the, and it's totally <laughs> irrational. And I know that this is why it's good that I'm in internal medicine, I'll tell you. And so I've got a liver flute. Okay. will lead well, to um, uh, cancer eventually. So the chronic inflammation from the liver fluke causes cancer where it lives in this bile duct. And so when you get cancer in the bile duct, it's not like you're going to have some of the symptoms that you might otherwise associate with cancer because it doesn't get diagnosed till it's fairly advanced. Right, right. And uh, normally we, we would believe the, the, uh, the most uh, frequently uh, regarded uh, uh, liver cancer risk factors would be uh, hep B, hepatitis v, uh, exposure, hep CV infections okay. and uh, the uh, alcohol, uh, heavy alcohol consumption. But in, in Hawaii, uh, we should say uh, these uh, three risk factors are not that different from uh, the general population in the mainland. So we've got uh, the same number of people with those conditions as other places may have. Right. But we've got something unique. So which suggests uh, we might have some of the uh, unique uh, risk factors, uh, unique to our population, unique to our environment, uh, to the climate here. Um, so uh, Similar to what they see in Southeast Asia. That's right. That's correct. So if I just never eat a raw vegetable, which is probably not the healthiest thing to do. No, I, I meant only vegetables grow in water. Vegetables that grow in water. And okay, the so. water is, is polluted or contaminated with the, the liver flukes. Can you wash it off? Uh, it's the liver fluke eggs. 
so you can't see it. So it's not like, Correct. you know, it's like something on your lettuce and you can wash your lettuce. You might be just ingesting watercress or water chestnut or some other type of vegetable that grows in water and not see it. Mm-hmm. And so if you eat it raw, because a lot of people do, salad mm-hmm. is healthy, we want to eat Correct. our greens, then it may be there and it's not like you could see it and identify it. We're talking microscopic. Right. It, it doesn't mean we, we, we have a lot of uh, liver flukes in our uh, water in, in our uh, you know water grown uh, vegetables it, it's definitely the case what we need to do is to find out the status of the liver fluke um, uh, 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 distribution here do we have it uh, thus uh, the research right right what Lucian uh, just mentioned uh, what's strange is that uh, uh, the last study we did uh, people did was back in 1950s 60s Actually, fifties. Okay. Oh, you looked it up too. Right. So the studies uh, in the fifties, right. maybe published, published in the sixties. Okay. Correct. And, all right. Uh, and we they, found we they, have some. They examined all the the uh, the farms, uh, and they did find that there there was a uh, at least one of the farms was uh, uh, contaminated with the liver flukes, and about two thirds of them, two thirds of the farms were at risk of liver fluke contamination. Can you just like spray it away? I mean, you know. Yes. Well, well, once we identify what the problem is, we could, uh, uh, as parasite, we you know we we have uh, all kinds of we have things we could do. Correct. Okay. Correct. Is there any test? I can't think of one that you could do for someone who is exposed to liver flukes to find out if it's living in their bile duct. That's right. We uh, we we can uh, take uh, blood samples. And we can we can use antibody to. Uh, so there uh, are ways to do secondary correct. detectors. Antibodies being, you know, you're not looking at blood saying, "Oh, look, I see a fluke." You're looking at blood saying, "Okay, I see the antibodies that suggest this person has been exposed." Yes. Thus, maybe leading to some further screening or diagnostic testing, should they show any signs of concern. Right. Which I guess gets to the question: if it's diagnosed early, is it still treatable? It sounds like it potentially could be if it was in a localized part of the liver, but if it's already spread or if it's oh, already in all the bile ducts, exactly. that's, ex- that's extremely a problem. extremely important for liver cancer. As we all know, it is such a lethal disease. Um, the uh, five-year overall survival rate is, is, about, is actually less than 18%. Because often, unfortunately, for liver cancer, it is diagnosed at a later stage. You know, your liver has an amazing ability to continue to work and function and make you feel normal and make you look normal. And (laughs) regenerate. And yes, it also regenerates. So we see that particularly, you know, all your blood gets filtered through the liver. So, you know, your blood's going to go through it. And so if you have a cancer that starts in your liver... You really have to be worried about metastases if it goes elsewhere. And also if you catch it when it's in one area, like we call it a lobe of the liver, you could potentially take that lobe out, maybe not have it anywhere else. But the likelihood of finding someone in that unique position seems to decrease, certainly as time goes on. Right. So the idea with the research, if you suddenly had a fairy godmother say, I'm going to give you as much money as you need for all of your research – how would you begin to start to study this? Well, we uh, proposed a, uh, a three-year study. Uh, we're going to uh, test uh, uh, first the general population, about 1,000 uh, uh, from a, a local uh, uh, population, from a Hawaiian, uh, especially Hawaiian uh, uh, 
So you'd get 1,000 people. Correct. You're going to do testing for them. You're right. going to test them for these antibodies. Right. Okay. And then we will also recruit um, 200 uh, liver cancer patients in collaboration with the local uh, uh, hospitals. So you know that there's this group of people, and you would test them as well. Correct. Okay. And uh, within these 200 liver cancer, uh, we would assume there are, say, 20%. At least 40, uh, 40 maybe. Uh, 40 uh, bile duct cancer. We will uh, uh, take the bile duct uh, uh, tissue sample to see if there are any, uh, uh, to confirm. Not only, in addition to the blood sample uh, 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 test. But you could see confirm. these flukes. Correct. Oh, boy. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. I'm scratching around my liver for no <laughs> clear, appropriate reason. And uh, I'm here in the studio. You're listening to The Body Show. We're talking with Dr. Wei Jia, who is from the UH Cancer Center Biology Program, and Lucian Wang. And we're going to talk some more in just a moment about how we would create this study and what we could do and why it's still so important for us to look at this, because we're seeing a higher rate of this particular condition than we need to. We'll be right back after this quick break. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, Moyer Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, scaring myself here today, talking about liver flukes, bile duct cancer, and why here in Hawaii we may be particularly at risk. Now, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about how you would do a study. So you take 1,000 people in the islands, you take 200 with liver cancer, about 40 of those may have bile duct cancer. You would look at bile duct tissue samples, potentially see liver flukes, because you can see them on a microscope. And then what would you do? Oh, uh, uh, as I said, we're going to uh, also take the blood samples. Blood samples? To uh, use the antibody to uh, uh, check the, uh, the protein uh, of the uh, specific to the, the liver uh, flukes. And would we, if we found that there is an association, would we need to test all of the farms like they did in the 50s? Well, we, we first, we, through this study, we wanted to... Um, find out the liver fluke uh, uh, infection uh, status. And then secondly, to link this liver fluke in, in infection to liver cancer. That's why we... Uh, That's why we uh, want to make the connection, okay? Correct. And if this is uh, uh, proved uh, to be true, then we, uh, we can come up with, uh, you know, uh, approaches and strategies to... Uh, to A remediation plan. Decontaminate sure. uh, the farms and, and how to... Uh, treat, uh, probably also uh, come up with uh, ways to, to do the quick screening uh, of the, of the at-risk population um, and then uh, uh, try to, uh, I- I- when we find those uh, people who are affected uh, with the liver flukes, then we can, we can, we can use drugs to... to Potentially uh, eradicate them, use parasitic drugs to kill it. Correct, and, uh, correct. In, in some cases... Long before the, the long onset, before they onset ever of get liver cancer. Liver cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not just watercress. It's not just water chestnut. This could happen if you store rice in your house and it develops these toxins, these aflatoxins. So there are other reasons why it Correct. could be in the islands. Correct. In our proposal, which is also in the, uh, the bill SB 2049, uh, we propose uh, to study two 
major uh, or potentially major uh, risk factors. One one of which is liver flukes. The other one is the aflatoxin, which is a metabolite of fungus that grow in the foods, um, especially in the in the warm tropical uh, uh, areas. Um, That's uh, Hawaii, here. Hawaii uh, happens to be a uh, you know a typical uh, tropical. So if you had one of those like big containers of rice that, you know, you eat rice occasionally, you put it all in a container, mm-hmm. it's not stored properly, maybe it's not yes, vacuum sealed. Yes, and they can sealed. grow very fast. And, and, and I have to say, aflatoxin has many isoforms, but aflatoxin B1 is one of the most toxic agents and also the carcinogen to cause liver cancer in the world. It is very, very Toxic. Okay, now I don't want to eat rice. Like, can I see it? <laughs> no, no. If I look at my uh, rice, will I say, oh, that doesn't look good? Or how would I know? How uh, do I avoid we, this? We don't. We, we just can't, okay. can't see it. Uh, uh, some of the pictures again. that I see uh, for the, uh, 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 say, peanuts, uh, uh, corns, that they are uh, uh, contaminated with, uh, with uh, uh, fungus, uh, the, the aflatoxin-producing fungus. Uh, they became uh, yellowish, but I I would suspect that you know the the uh, uh, these foods the contaminated slightly contaminated foods you just can't uh, uh, just detect it by your your eyes, um, which is the reason why we need to do more research so we can identify how we could make the connection mm-hmm. with even aflatoxins and the bile duct cancer. Right. And then in that case, come up with a remediation plan. Again, I guess the idea is we have something we could potentially prevent. You know, now they have treatment for hepatitis C so that you prevent people from progressing to liver cancer, if at all possible. So now we're finding out there's another source. And, hey, we might have to work on prevention for that as well. And and this is related to uh, also cultural thing uh, where the traditional families tend to uh, save up. to store food um, as long as possible, just to you know, not to waste them, and and that could could cause problems. Uh, so the storage, and I think of developing countries, Southeast Asia, Cambodia, Laos, you know, Vietnam, maybe even Thailand, <coughs> and some of the rural areas that there could potentially be a situation where you would want to store it and save it for later. Maybe you're growing the rice in your right. field, and that could that's why cause we need to risk. pay particular attention to the expiration date of of these foods. It's really important information, and I think this is the kind of information, Lucian, had your wife known about these potential risks, she might be here. That's true. That's very true. I I would have made sure that she wouldn't be eating watercress and some other things, like the peanuts and the rice, until it was researched and, and safe. Yes, right. I mean, if you cook watercress, which I have to admit, I don't generally like the taste of. So I guess that's good in a way. But, boy, I do like my rice. So, you know, there are some potential remediation factors. But it sounds like this serendipitous sort of event of you talking with people and them mentioning parasites and Korean journal articles from a long time ago and parasitology articles from here in the 60s from research done probably the decade before, really led you down this path to partner up with Dr. Ja to really figure out how can we get funding? There is something necessary to do research here because it's it's common enough that there is an increased risk, but it also is potentially lethal 
by the time it's diagnosed. That's correct. It still amazes me that, uh, as you say, how these coincidences, if you want to call them that, have led to where we are today. And uh, it's uh, satisfying to know that after three years, hopefully if the bill passes and the funding is there, then the research will be done by the Dr. Jia and his team at the University of Hawaii Cancer Center. Well, I certainly hope so. I am all for it because if we find a way to prevent cancer, particularly a deadly cancer, we need to get on that, and that's where our money and effort and time should go. I want to thank both with you, both of you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We will see you next week when we talk about more health topics right here on Mondays on The Body Show. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.